AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. So I had the day off today. The company I work for, like a lot of other large companies, decided to close in honor of this day, Juneteenth, or Freedom Day. It's a holiday commemorating the emancipation of people who were held in slavery in the United States. It was June 19, 1865, when Union Army General Gordon Granger announced in Galveston, Texas, that all slaves in the state of Texas were free. This was over two months after the Civil War had ended. I of think course, two years. Two Was it two years? Okay. <laughs> of course, racism, the underpinning of slavery, lives on. Over the last 150 years, it has seeped into every aspect of American culture, including Alcoholics Anonymous. Every one of us and our parents and grandparents and all those who preceded them were either victimized or complicit, were either degraded and demeaned or knowingly or unknowingly enjoyed a station of privilege. Someone once told me that my alcoholism didn't take place in a vacuum. Well, neither does my recovery. External events that we often refer to as outside issues can have a significant impact on my emotional well-being and my sobriety. Who could have witnessed the killing of George Floyd and the subsequent demonstrations and not be moved or in some way impacted? So this episode is devoted to subjects we don't discuss in AA, but talking about them might be just what we need, not only to support our continued sobriety, but also to inspire us to work and fight for a more diverse, open, tolerant, free, and inclusive culture, both within and without of AA. So like so many of our live streams, this one was completely Angela's idea. (laughs) (laughs) And in my opinion, she's the best person to lead the discussion. Oh, and Willow F. from Olympia is joining us by phone. So, Angela, um, if you don't mind, I will let you lead the discussion. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's yours. Well, thank you for bestowing <laughs> upon me the leadership of uh, leading this discussion. Um, hello, everyone out there in, in our Facebook and YouTube land. Um, I wasn't really sure what the response was going to be um, in bringing this up last week. There was a little bit of, you know, the outside issue um, topic coming up. Uh, But I thought that it was important um, and uh, important to, you know, my sobriety in particular, which is what this is really about. No, (laughs) Um, but to talk about, you know, what's going on, you know, there's a lot of different directions we can go with this conversation. And, and I don't think that it'll, it'll be, you know, the only one we have, Um, but we need to start somewhere with it um, and acknowledge uh, our history in AA. um, as well as our personal experience about, um, you know, about white privilege, about inequality, um, and about, you know, what outside issues really are or are not. Um, our friend Willow uh, was going to call in, and, and her and I have been having a, a discussion um, with John on, on Facebook about uh, different ideas on um on where to go with the conversation. But one of the things that we could probably just start with is, you know, is this an outside issue? Talking about uh, privilege, white supremacy, um, systemic inequality, you know, is this an outside issue? I don't know if you can see, but Willow's here now. Do you see her there? I don't, I don't see her on my screen. She just joined us. Okay. I think I'm here. Can you You are there. You are there. You are. Hi, Willow. Hey, hi. Sorry for being a little bit late. I was getting my hair dyed. Oh, you look Ooh. great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very exciting thing. It's been a long time. Yes, definitely. So, yeah. Hi, Willow. Hi. <laughs> we were just yeah. introducing the topic, and I don't know how much of it you you heard. John gave a great uh, introduction on, on the holiday, and um, yeah. Can I, 
I missed that part, but I heard kind of from the handoff from John to you, and uh, I've been um, I've been doing some research on the holiday today, so I'll just kind of go with my own, you know, with my own kind of information on that. But I, you know, so that question, is this an outside issue? Um, I think it was a really good one. And it's, you know, the, um, you know, and I haven't really, I haven't really been a person to get down deep, you know, with the traditions and, you know, arguing back and forth about what's what when it comes to that. Um, a, a lot of that stuff is actually been kind of counterintuitive to being happy, joyous, and free to me. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, but I think, um, you know, one of the things that stands out to me is that, you know, the tradition is itself is that AA has no opinion on outside issues. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we as individuals have all kinds of different experiences with all kinds of issues. And um, I, I, I really think that, um, that it's important for meetings to feel comfortable um, to anyone and everyone that wants to be in them as long as they're not threatening, you know, anybody else's safety. And so for that reason, I think we need to be careful about how we talk about various things, especially things that we know are controversial in our societies. But if I really think that if something is affecting and impacting your recovery, which, you know, if you're involved in at any level of civic stuff, it probably is, I think that that is a valid thing to be able to talk about within meetings. But I also think that we need to, you know, we need to not just completely avoid it and make it taboo. We need to talk a little bit about how to talk about it and have that be a common, you know, we, like we need to be able to talk about it in a healthy way that doesn't prevent us from performing our primary purpose. Right. I agree. And have you had discussions like that with your group? I know that our group has been working, you know, um, with our, our, um, our district. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the name for a minute. Um, regarding, uh, regarding safety, um, you know, uh, the safety cards, um, just got to Idaho. I don't know how long they've been around, but um, it's for, it's uh, service material from the general service office, and it, it talks about safety um, in AA, and um, and we had a safety workshop that um, that did not not go as successfully um, or as safely for mm -hmm. everybody as uh, as the organizers had hoped, and so wow. I think that that's one of the things that um, that I think about uh, when. Um, looking to talk about, you know, difficult um, but important subjects in AA. So I, I don't know if you or John have any experience with talking about something along the lines of safety in your meetings. Well, I do at our, um, I was telling you about our area assembly where we had something come up that was really more race-related race than anything else. But um, I, I just thought about something kind of ironic. You actually had a... Um, a seminar or something about safety. And then there was a person who actually started um, attacking you in an unsafe way because mm -hmm. of that. Isn't that, isn't that weird? How ironic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, we don't, the, the, this is the, the most dramatic thing I ever saw in Alcoholics Anonymous when it comes to this sort of a uh, issue. And it was uh it was a it was a topic that came up at our area assembly in in western Missouri, and what happened? And I I wasn't at this conference, but our area had a conference. I think they call it um, oh something in the Ozarks. It's down in southern Missouri. It's uh, autumn, colors of autumn, whatever. It's down there in in the Ozarks every year. Anyway, um, they have a costume party. And some people decided to go to the party, some white people decided to go to the party dressed in blackface and wearing very stereotypical um, costumes like pimps and rappers and stuff like that. And uh, obviously, uh, the black people that were in attendance were offended and they let these people know that they were offended. And those who were wearing the costumes, the blackface and so forth, they weren't apologetic at all. In fact, they were outraged that the black people who said they were offended didn't seem to have a sense of humor. So 
It wasn't a good experience from what I hear at that convention. And later at our area simply, there was a, a lot of discussion about it on the floor. And what I found, in, it, was, it was really a moving discussion. There were some people who came, white, white people who came to the microphone and said they learned something from the experience. They talked about their own racism growing up as a, in, in a racist household or um, what they learned. Um, but there were also people who um, stuck to that idea that those who were offended just didn't have a sense of humor. And then there were the people who were offended, the African-American members who stood up and explained exactly why they were offended and what it's like to be a black person in Alcoholics Anonymous and what specifically it's what like to be a black person in the state of Missouri um, and what they have to see on their way to the um, assembly. So um, yeah, it was really interesting and it it was something that made me stop and think. Um, I learned something from it. I I was, I was really taken aback that there were so many people who wouldn't even make an effort to try to understand the pain of someone else. That was what shocked me more than anything. But other than that, I feel kind of like I was an observer and really didn't do anything more than that. You know, and I and, and maybe that's where I need to change is, you know, to carry on from just obs- to understanding that that kind of situation exists to maybe, you know, putting myself out there to do something about it. Yeah. And in, in our meeting, you know, we haven't had uh, my home group meeting on Wednesdays is pretty much the only meeting I go to. Sometimes I also go to the Sunday Menopause meeting, um, but uh, one a week seems to be the right balance for me. And um, our meeting is very small. Um, we usually are around six people. Sometimes we expand to 10 or so. Um, since we've been online, we've been somewhere in the range of um, 10 to 20-ish, usually right around the 15 point. Um, and that, um, you know, not a whole lot has come up. Um, we haven't talked about the you know, we haven't used the safety card, you know, I think at one point, um, the many paths group on Sunday, we talked about, you know, do we want to read the safety card? We haven't had a whole lot of issue in our, and because our meetings are very big, you know, it doesn't seem like safety has been much of an issue. So we didn't, um, we didn't employ that. Um, if it was a larger meeting, I would probably have pushed for that a little bit more. Um, and uh, are you getting you know, arrested? As far as the, <laughs> no, okay. I, I am. I, I will let you know that I'm about four blocks from the Capitol Hill occupied pro, um, protest. Oh, so okay. it, that's been on the news lately in Seattle, the chop. Um, yes. So I'm just a few blocks from it. And because their police state, the police station that's there is closed down, there's a lot more activity from the fire department that's closer to where I am anyway. Okay. So, but no, nothing's, nothing's happening <laughs> right here. I'll come. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, with, with the recent events, we haven't talked a whole lot about it as a group. Um, I do though, um, within my group, you know, it, for me, it's a, it's a factor of my recovery. Um, trying to apply the principles of AA and the principles, you know, the, the, principles of the traditions and the principles of the steps personally to the rest of my life so that I can be an effective, productive member of society, which for me right now in my life involves some civic engagement, um, which, uh, so, you know, I've talked about that a little bit in the meeting, just when I'm sharing, you know, here's what's going on with me, here's what I'm struggling with, but I do, you know, I make a concerted effort to kind of keep it, um, you know, I, I don't talk about the issues. I talk about the challenges that I'm having coping with stuff or working with stuff or communicating with people in a healthy and productive way or things like that. So um, it doesn't get too contentious. But I think, you know, in a lot of our secular meetings, many, many of our, um, of our members um, talk a fair amount about... Um, uh, religious practices within AA and uh, mm-hmm. other things that go on, which, you know, if, if you got right down to it, that might be considered kind of a divisive and an outside issue. And I think that, um, I think that it's kind of a natural, 
uh, I don't know, debriefing process when people first come into secular meetings to go through that. Mm -hmm. But um, it's also, it also can be a bit challenging and can kind of make an unwelcome place if we have somebody in the meeting who is, um, who is a believer. And so, you know, in our meeting specifically, you know, we call it many paths and we say that everyone is, is welcome um, and encouraged to find their own path and everybody's supported. Um, you know, so we put that part out there, but there's definitely, you know, that talk comes up and we kind of let it go because it's um, not threatening to most of the people that are usually in the room. But I've noticed, especially now that we have, um, now that we're online and it's easier for somebody to walk out of the meeting, mm -hmm. um, I've noticed some people drop off mid-meeting with us and that, you know, I think about that a lot and I think about, you know, are we really meeting our primary purpose with that? Right. Yeah, that was one of the things I was thinking about is like, um, if this is something that we, you know, can talk about in group inventories, you know, how many how many people um, have been a part of a group inventory? You know, have both of you? You both have a, a lot more time than me, so. <laughs> I've never done a group I haven't inventory. With a, I haven't with a group. Okay. I haven't with a group. We did it with a, um, we do it with a, um, a district. Mm -hmm. I did it with a district once somewhat recently, but I haven't ever done it with a group. Okay. Yeah, our group would started um, working on putting one together before you know, COVID. Um, and, uh, and so since then, we've, you know, we've got kind of what we think that we'll need to do. Um, once we're out and, and depending on, you know, how long that is, we may do an online version of it. But I was thinking about the group inventory as being um, one of the ways that uh, the different groups can be looking at this, um, because it, there are questions on, you know, what are you doing to, um, to help the next suffering alcoholic? What are you doing to make sure that you're serving the whole population that you're in? You know, and it, it has questions all from, you know, accessibility to, you know, are you reaching out? Do you give out phone numbers? You know, what do you do? And, and that um, looking at, at issues like this would be something that um, that I think would be important to be putting on the group inventory and, and um, being able to talk about that um, and how people feel about that and, and where they're at with the issue, um, you know, of race and seeing people, you know, uh, come in um, and sticking up for people, you know, um, the whole um, all of that stuff. I think that that's one of the ways that, that groups can take a look at it to uh, ensure that we're meeting our primary purpose. Um, I did take a look at the, the pamphlet <laughs> that we have for AA. I don't know if either of you have read it before, but the, uh, the um, Black and uh, African-American um, alcoholic pamphlet. And, um, and that's... Um, <laughs> I think it makes an, an effort, but when I read it, um, I, I did feel a little bit like it, it's lacking um, in um, in acknowledging that there's a lot more difficulty um, for uh, Black people and people of color to get sober. Um, that that you know, there's a lot of different um, barriers for them. And, um, and, you know, and I don't know if, if they should mention it in the pamphlet, but I think it's something that, that group members should think about in, um, in the way that, that we're presenting ourselves and, and talking about issues uh, in meetings. Because, you know, I know for me, when I think about helping the next person coming in, I often think about somebody who looks like me. And I don't know that... Um, that, you know, I would do anything different, but maybe I should be thinking about things that I should do differently to ensure that, that everyone is welcome in Alcoholics Anonymous or, you know, at the very least in my meeting. I went ahead and opened up the phones, Angela, so that if anybody wanted to call, they could. Um, you know, Bree had a really interesting comment when she's talking about words. She said that, because um, I, I use the word race, I, I talked about race issues. And she says there's only three kinds of races, marathon sprints and the human race pigmentation differences within DNA is very minute. And she says that words matter 
um, as a society, we need to recognize that misusing wor- the word race is elitist. I never even thought of that. Um, we do have a caller. Should I go ahead and take it? Hello, how you doing? Hey, good. Hey, this is uh, Joe in New Providence, New Jersey. Hey, Joe. <laughs> how are you doing? Good. Oh, we're having a major thunderstorm here, so if you lose me, if you lose me. Okay. Um, I was actually thinking about this topic. I was actually almost going to bring this topic up at our Thursday secular meeting, and like, I kind of held back a little bit. And, um, you know, um, we ended up talking about, like someone suggested the doctor's opinion. And I was like, oh, I should have brought up the topic I had, because we, you know, we talk about that all, you know, quite frequently in other meetings. And, um, you know, a friend of mine, you know, we're at this point where, um, you know, you know, with outside things, you know, you've got COVID-19, um, we've got the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests, and then, you know, very politically divided. So we have like, these three issues that are all, you know, extremely, I think, well, they impact me greatly. And, um, you know, I had, um, our meetings here are about like 99% white, so that I think white privilege is probably never going to come up at a meeting. <laughs> um but I, you know, recently had an issue with my parents. I'd gone to a protest, and I came back, and we started talking about politics. And uh, you know, we ended up, it, you know, we never like talk about things. And we were on as a speakerphone with my wife, and we ended up like screaming. And my wife ended up hanging up the phone, and like I went outside. Before I left, you know, she's like, "I have never seen you that angry since you stopped drinking." And um, you know, I had like thought about it. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just something I'd like to just probably like share at a meeting just to get off my chest. And I talked to my older brother, um, you know, and he, I didn't even think about drinking. Like, you know, I went out, she was like, are you all right? I'm like, I just need to calm down. I need to go out for a walk. If you want to come with me, you can. And we went and we walked and we talked and I calmed down. Uh, but I had talked to my older brother, you know, um, that's some of the things about of the conversation that disturbed me. And he was on the same page. And he's like, oh, it's kind of surprising where, you know, mom and dad are at. Um, but he's like, oh, how is this affecting your sobriety? And I'm like, you know what? I never even thought of that. I mean, I'm about three and a half years sober. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or I just don't, don't know. And I was talking to my wife before I was telling her about the phone call. And she's like, oh, is that really impacting your sobriety? I, I didn't think it was. I'm like, well, you know, I've been thinking about how the way I grew up, we swept everything under the rug. And, you know, so when we get together at family things, we don't talk about things. So I think there is probably, uh, we turned 50 this year, so there is probably like, you know, about 40 years of some other hostility going on under my explosion. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, but how do I, you know, I know at our meeting, at our secular meeting, there's, you know, politically we're on the same page. Like, well, do, I, do I talk in code? Because I, I kind of felt like at um, regular meetings, I kind of talk kind of less and more or less in code. It's like, you know, I'm sort of like from a secular viewpoint and I'm like a pretty hardcore atheist. And I usually just say, like, I don't believe in God. I find if I say atheist, it just, you know, people, it, it's a softer just to say you don't believe in God for whatever reason. And I've just been thinking lately, I'm like, oh, so this is kind of like reminding me, of, you know, how I grew up and sweeping things under the road. So like, how do we not talk about these things? And then I was thinking, I think maybe Willis said it at the beginning of the call. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like, it's like AA has no opinion, but I, as an individual, have an opinion. But then if you talk about these outside issues, like, is it going to erupt into like a political argument? Like, is it going to be like, I support person X and I support person Y. And are we going to go like so far off the mark of, um, you know, the primary purpose? And that's kind of what I, I, I worry about. And I, I texted someone after the meeting and like, you know, this is what happened uh, with me and my parents and everything that's going on. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of thought that's what you're alluding to. But it just makes me feel like, oh, I kind of have to talk in like guarded language and like, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I, I do wish like there was a way. I guess you know you need to be able to talk about things. Like people talk about things being uncomfortable. Like I know they wanted to, I'll, and I'll stop talking. But I know they wanted to. One of our meetings, they wanted to stop. Someone said, "Let's change the Lord's Prayer." And it's like that's the way it's we've always done it, and that's like the reason for not changing it. And I'm like, but if you don't, you know, I mean, they always talk about in recovery, like change is a big part of it, and. I guess we need to find a way to change. I, you know, I don't know how to do those things, but I, I do wish there was a way to talk about those things. I, I guess. think the way that Willow put it was the best is that, you know, she talks about not the specifics about viewpoints or opinions, but just the way that it impacts her, you know, the way it impacts her sobriety and her recovery. Believe it or not, we have two other callers. Um, 
can I take these other calls? Can, uh, thank you for thank you for your calls. Oh, yeah, thank you for calling. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah, no. Bye, bye. Yeah, thank you for calling and sharing. Yeah. Well, hello. 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 How are you? I'm good. Uh, my name is Rand. I am in Minneapolis. Oh, hi. And I've been chomping at the bit to jump in here. Okay. Um, hi. I've, I've been in the room since I was, uh, what, a senior, or no, junior in high school, circa 1976. And I can tell you that when I first came to the rooms, uh, my 1978 12 by 12 has a line in there. Um, I could dig it out and read it to you if you want. It talks about how they did, they only let in the pure alcoholic and they listed people who weren't pure, fallen women, convicts, queers, etc. And as a young people a person, our meetings were governed by an adult and that line about secrets get you drunk. Um, I had a secret and because I wasn't willing to share it, the adult told me don't come back until I was. And then I did go back and shared it and was uninvited anyway, because we were considered those unfortunates. My original grand sponsor was a friend of Barry Leach's and Jerry was according to legend, GAA number one in the sense that he challenged world and intergroup to list the special interest meetings as gay. And that was something that had never happened before. Recently, we've gone through the whole um, gender identification, queer, um, letting trans people in our rooms. And it's been a very difficult process because of, I think, group think. And when we've had group inventories, um, it's almost impossible to get somebody to consider that their Minnesota nice, welcoming, hot dish attitude is anything but that. And what ends up happening is, by default, people who aren't like me aren't made to feel welcome. They're not necessarily made to feel unwelcome. But reaching out to the newcomer doesn't happen with the same gusto that it would happen if they looked like me. So, like the previous caller the meetings I go to are always middle-aged white gay men. Black people will show up, but they don't stay because they don't feel welcome. And it's my personal responsibility to reach out to those people. Now, related to this topic specifically, it's a really fine line. I went to my meeting uh, two weeks ago. It was the Tuesday after the riots. The riots happened about a half a block from my house. And I and neighbors were out protecting our homes with shotguns, hunting rifles, sidearms, blocking streets. We had M16s pulled on us by the police. Uh, literally, my entire neighborhood was engulfed in flames. I had an escape plan with my 87-year-old neighbor if something happened because it was literally in our backyard. Um, I have boxes from the family dollar from the looting that were left in my driveway. Um, that Tuesday at my meeting, uh, we had the business meeting beforehand. And as a quote unquote old timer, I wanted to preface by saying we all needed to be very careful how we talk about this um, because it is a charged issue. And unfortunately, what ended up happening is people saw permission to immediately launch into it. And we had people on all sides of it. Sadly, a sponsee of mine was on the side that was a rioter. And that it, it became an outside issue in the sense that... Uh, how do I say this? It's almost like he felt a certain entitlement to be out there and rioting. Um, and I'm sitting on the other end of it, you know, older, scared, sleeping with a gun next to me. Um, and what I chose to do in that particular situation is just 
excuse myself from the meeting. Um, but I know that it has exploded in other meetings here in Minneapolis because it, it, the whole the whole country is in this polarized conversation right now, and our rooms reflect that. And there's no, there doesn't seem to be, at least in my experience, anybody who's really listening to anybody else, even in the rooms. And you know, things always repeat themselves. Nothing is ever new. So what's happening right now is an exploded version of what I experienced. 40 years ago when I first started coming to the rooms as a newly minted gay man. Um, I also, though, coincidentally experience it when I talk about um, not being a deist, not, I guess you'd probably say closest to being an agnostic. It's the rooms have group think, and we all think that the group think is what I think. And as it relates to this, because we were kind of ground zero, this has been huge in every room I've ever gone to since the riots have happened. Um, it's expanded to conversations on Facebook with people in the rooms. I was talking to another sponsee, and we were reading uh, one of the Grapevine books. Um, and uh, this other uh, friend was texting about um, his particular rant about the riots. And coincidentally, my sponsor and I read this little section where it talked about exactly that. It talked about listening to other people. And so I copied it, pasted it, and sent it to him. And I said, these are the principles of the program. This is what I live by. I listen. I try and be empathetic. I try and be compassionate. I try and reach out to somebody who suffers. I don't say that I'm entitled to go out and burn down third precinct. You know, I mean, I'm on the third, I was on the third precinct advisory council. Well, the third precinct doesn't exist anymore. You know, it was just, and I, I think that, you guys have, I think that respectful, respectful language and all of that, any, any time that we're going to talk about it within the rooms and with other alcoholics, um, because we want it to remain um, welcoming and safe for all of us, respectful language in regard regards to everyone involved is the most important you know there's there's there are a lot of things that are going on right now that are not riots um and i i think that there are a lot of people who are out there who aren't out there because they feel privileged um you know they're out there because they think that there's something really important going on that if they don't raise up their voices in some way that it won't change because it hasn't for hundreds of years you know and and I think that I also I, I also wonder about the idea of group think um, I think that we make that assumption sometimes but I think that there's a lot of times there's as many perspectives and experiences in the room as there are people you know and and um, you know because we have that autonomy thing and um, you know, everybody's, you know, kind of so afraid to damage what's going on in AA. I, I think a lot of times we think that we think everybody thinks one thing and they may or may not. And that's, you know, I really think, you know, like with what, with what you went through kind of coming out, like we have to think about the fact that, or I, I'll just say I try to think about the fact that whenever I'm saying something in a room, I try to make sure that I'm just talking about my own experience with it and not making assumptions about the other people that I'm challenged with because there might be somebody else sitting in there that really needs to be in that meeting that has the same perspective of these people that I have challenges with. You know, and that's and, and that happens in my own house. My mom's in recovery also and she and I don't see eye to eye on several things. And so we've had to figure out kind of careful ways to talk about or not talk about this stuff. Um, it's hard. And I was in, we don't train uh, each other home, to do it in I AA. Was, no. I was with my sponsees. My, most of my sponsees believe in God. And I'm really down for that. As long as they learn how to speak, I believe or I think. And I was at a meeting here maybe before the riots, but maybe a week or two. And there was one guy who was talking, and he was talking about all of the blessings of the program and how his life has been so wonderful with his Mercedes soft top and his, you know, suburban zip code. 
And he was talking about it in terms of the blessings of God since I got sober, cause and effect. And the next guy to speak was having his house foreclosed on because of COVID. And the way it was conceptualized, what I heard was that old Puritan argument that says, oh, your faith and your program must be better because you have all these rewards and this poor guy who's got, you know, probably the same amount of sobriety time, he must have a bad program because he's losing his house. And it all had to do with exactly what you're talking about, talking in terms of God as an absolute cause and effect promises versus I think that God or I think that my higher power is providing me opportunities to gain wealth. You know, and it just was so, it was back to back and it was, the guy talking about God had no idea how somebody in the rooms might be losing everything and have the same amount of sobriety. Moran, thank yeah. you for calling. Anyway, that's my you rant made, for the night. <laughs> you made some good points, and it was really nice to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have another well, call. I didn't know you guys did this. Oh, yeah. We, we <laughs> so did this. We've been doing this every Friday. We've been doing this every Friday at 7 Central. Um, we uh, decided, since we're all in quarantine and have nothing else to do, that we'll <laughs> do this. But thank you, Rand. I'm going to take uh, another know, call. Just, thank I, you. Thank you. Yep. Okay, bye. Got to go. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hello. Hey. Hi. Mr. Robert. Hey, Robert. Santa Barbara. Hi, Robert. How's it going? Good, Robert. good. I don't know if we've ever had so many calls in one night. <laughs> it's kind of nice. I know. <laughs> Thanks for being well, patient. Give a shout out to Mike at New House 3, front desk, and all the other guys there. Um, but also, yeah, um, I think that's why we try to keep things kind of simple and steer away from all the political stuff so we don't get into these little tantrums in the rooms and concentrate on being sober and getting sober and welcoming everyone in because we end up turning away a lot of people because everyone's got their own beliefs. I'm sorry. I didn't catch. Was that a question? Yeah, I was, I wasn't quite sure. No, it was a comment. Oh, okay. no. I'm not sure if you heard heard me or not. Or well, I I, I might have, I might have missed you, and I apologize. Uh, sometimes the the, I, the sound isn't so good. I'm on my on my end. But what did you could, would you mind saying that again? Uh, I was just saying that's why we try to keep like the political stuff, oh. like it says in the book, kind of separate. Because then we get into uh, all this arguing and whatnot back and forth. I mean, it's okay if it goes to a certain point, but once it starts affecting everyone's sobriety or turning away the newcomer or whatnot, then it's a bad thing. Exactly. I, you know, I, I think that there's a real difference between talking about how you feel about what's happening in the world, in your world, and like a political point of view. You know, I, I just, I, and maybe it's, maybe it's kind of a fine line and maybe it's because our um, society is so fractured that it's so difficult to talk about some basic concepts, you know, anymore, but um, yeah, well, but, everyone but, but gets so gotta, heated about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I, think, I think that okay. that's part of the challenge is trying to, is finding ways like, um, it, you know, AA in particular has gone so long with just staying completely out of these conversations, twelve-step groups in general, um, and I kind of feel like we've taken that a little bit too far. That the only way that we can find healthy communication about some things is just to not communicate about them at all. And I, you know, I. I spent the early part of my life, I, I became an adult in AA. I also got into AA when I was junior in high school, um, like our first caller did, or one of our callers did. And, um, you know, I became an adult in AA. I learned how to be in the world um, from AA. And I completely avoided any kind of civic engagement for that 
reason, but I just didn't think that alcoholics could possibly talk about that stuff. And I, I think it is, it's definitely wise to be careful on some of those things. Um, but we also, like, how far do we go? And do we really kind of stunt ourselves by not learning and allowing people to talk about the things that are affecting them? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same, same sort of um, mindset is, is that I think it, you know, certain things should be talked about or can be talked about um, at the group level because it, it does affect our sobriety, um, you know, um, because, you know, uh, a lot of us have difficulty with managing our emotions and not being reactive. So it affects us on that level. Um, but also, you know, if our, our primary purpose is, is to help, then, you know, it, uh, it, at least for my program, I need to be thinking about the ways that I can help. And if I am seeing that there isn't a certain a, it, a certain part of the population is not represented um, or coming to the table, then what what can I be doing to help get them there? Because it's not as if, um, you know, the different communities don't have issues with alcohol. Um, there, there may yeah. be a reason. And so I need to be looking at, at that and, and, you know, that's part of my program is for me to be continuing to grow and to look at those things. How can I be more effective in helping? And um, what do I need to be looking at in myself? What, what are my, what are my blind spots? And, uh, and I learned in AA, you know, that I didn't know what my blind spots are, um, you know, because that's <laughs> part of the things with drinking. So I did learn some tools to help with uh, finding those out, but I still need other people to help me and um and they can't help me with my blind spots if we don't talk about these things and so that's the main reason i i brought it um is because you know i'd like to hear what other people think about you know how how we could start talking about talking about these things because it's important to to my sobriety i know that and and i'm guessing other people's as well you know and then the with the whole drinking um you know, my primary thing is I have to not drink. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, uh, no one who's listening to this will probably do any better if they take a drink. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, I, I want to grow. Part of my getting sober is so that I could, I could be a better person in society. And I was telling John before the show, it's kind of like with kids, um, you know, um, the kids that I've helped raise, I, I never wanted to say that I just want them to be happy when they grow up, because what if, you know, happiness to them is being a serial killer, you know, that that's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I guess if they they had a list and they went through it and they were more like Dexter. I, I might, I might be okay. Um, but you know, the, the point is, is that I want them to be productive members of society and that in doing that, hopefully they will find happiness and, and growth and, and such. And so I need to be thinking about that for both my own recovery and in what the commitment I've made in my recovery, which is to help other people who are searching for recovery as well. There's some good comments, Angela, in the Facebook group. I wouldn't, I would like to read if mm -hmm. you don't mind. From yeah. Diane, she says, she's made a couple of comments. She says, so if we step away from the conversation, are we, are we, quote, saying that we agree with what is going on? Isn't that the problem? We need to talk about solutions, not just about what is going on. If I don't stand up, me personally, then I am not working for the solution. I am adding to the problem. We have to understand where people are coming from to help and support one another in life and recovery. That's what I think is so critical is trying to understand the other person and where they're coming from. That's what shocks me is when people don't even try make that attempt. That's me saying that, not her. But she says sometimes we, <laughs> sometimes we have to sit back and listen, but we need to respond, not react. And those were, those were good comments. And then yeah. also someone from the Facebook group has a question uh, which I think is a, it's a good question. He he or she says, aren't the group conscious meeting, district meeting, area assemblies a better place to discuss issues of this nature rather than the meeting itself? 
Well, I would say it kind of depends on how, what you're going to talk about. If you're talking about, if a person's going to talk about it from their own personal perspective of, of how they're feeling or how it's impacting their sobriety, that would belong in the meeting. But if it's about how the group itself is going to handle issues like that, then that would be in the group business meeting. Well, and for our, our group on the, the safety issue, you know, and at that time we were looking, you know, more at um, predators and, and things like that and people feeling physically safe. And we did both, you know, so we had a discussion about it as the topic for our meeting. So because, you know, not everybody attends business meetings or does service at, uh, at you know, within AA. Um, and so they, they weren't aware. And so they needed to hear that some women, uh, and this was particularly the discussion, some women, you know, um, were feeling uncomfortable. And these are the things that make them feel uncomfortable and not want to attend a meeting. And, um, and it wasn't necessarily at that meeting that anybody was doing that, but it was a surprise to some of, of the guys. And then there was the surprise to some people that um, others had been taken advantage of financially, you know, and so we needed to talk about at the group level, you know, some of the safety things, what's okay, what can a sponsor ask you to do? What can they not have? ask you to do um you know what uh, you know should you be giving a ride to just anybody um and uh what are some of the different ways that we need to be working with each other and looking out for each other particularly people who are new in recovery and we hadn't had that conversation before it was kind of like a you talk about that outside of the meeting but again not everybody goes to business meetings not everybody's looking for that kind of information or involvement but everybody in the meetings need to have some sort of familiarity with it um, so that they know that we don't turn the other way um anymore. At least our group doesn't. Um, but again, we also did um, have it at the district level and, and that needs a little bit more work. So <laughs> I think I wonder, I wonder if anybody has talked about having an inclusivity card or something like that, you know, and, and you know, I know there's some pamphlets, you mentioned one, I, mm -hmm. I hadn't read that one. It didn't even occur to me that uh, it would be out there, but I guess mm -hmm. it makes sense. Um, but I think that that is, that's one way, in the in-person meetings anyway, that is one way that um, I think meetings can show that they are inclusive and welcoming is mm -hmm. if there are pamphlets out there for special interest groups that you think may attend your meeting, um, right. have, those pamphlet, have those pamphlets at your meeting, you know, take that extra step, you know, because somebody looking at the literature table seeing that um, could say, oh, this is, you know, maybe my place is here. Look, this, this speaks to me right. exactly. Now, granted, some of them aren't worded so good. But, you know, <laughs> just the other night in one of our meetings, um, somebody said, you know, I, I, I was in a, you know, I was in a treatment center. Someone came in and they had the God word pamphlet with them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I didn't know that I had a place in AA until I read that pamphlet. I was just figuring that I would play along until I left the treatment center. Um, yeah. But I saw that pamphlet and I knew that I had a place here. Um, and so, you know, and I, I've encouraged some other meetings to have that pamphlet, um, but it hasn't occurred to me because it's not the thing that affects me. Like, hey, yeah. have pamphlets about um, other types of diversity or, you know, yeah. um, but some of those things are out there and available. And that's how, that's how the, the conference and AA as a whole has addressed many of those things is they've made some of that supplemental information available right how many times do we go and look and see what's out there you know it might be worth taking a look um online at a.com and seeing what they have you know yeah definitely. what's available mm -hmm. one thing that we did um at our area assembly after our little our situation is um the following um assembly we had an ad hoc committee on inclusivity and it was really interesting. Uh, one of the members of our group was on it representing the atheists and agnostics. And then we had, you know, different, mm. we had different, Represent. yeah, we had these different underrepresented, underrepresented groups in AA at the table. And um, they were having discussions at this committee about what our area could do to be more inclusive. And I actually think it was, it was really done well. Um, there was a survey that was sent out to all the districts in our area 
and it gave all the different members of the groups an opportunity to complete the survey. And you know, like all surveys, you don't get like huge, you know, participation, but you get a pretty good sense of what's going on out there. And so anyway, they took, they did that survey and then the area came up with some um, suggestions, I suppose. And I can't quite remember what those were, but at least they were making an effort at inclusivity. So, right. So that's one thing that people, you know, listening can do to, you know, move forward um, with inclusivity is, is suggest it to their groups or their uh, group representative and, um, and see if, you know, taking that to the district or the area would be a helpful thing. Um, so something proactive that, that people can do. Um, and also what is, ask what's already out there, you know, maybe, yeah, there might be already conversations out there. You know, that's one of the biggest things that I'm learning in our current issues is that, you know, and I mean, I knew this, right. But mm-hmm. um, most of the things that I think uh, there are people who are um, more directly impacted that have um, expanded significantly on those things. And I just need to go and do some research and find out what's already going on and being led by the people who are impacted and yeah. follow and support and, you know, raise up those things. Um, maybe if there's something out there that I have the brand new best idea about, then propose it, but probably somebody's already doing it and I should just go and support them. <laughs> right. So, you know, one thing um, is going to be interesting um, after we come out of the a COVID situation. I don't know when that's going to be, but our group isn't actually meeting in person right now. And um, I don't know when that is going to happen, but um, it'll be interesting when we all get together, are we going to try to reach out, you know, to people who don't look like us and aren't in our neighborhood? Are we going to try to, you know, um, you know, change the, our little part of the world? Um, you know, online, I'm noticing the same kind of um, um, really, oh, I don't know. I'm not seeing as the diversity online any more than I'm seeing it when it was um, face-to-face. And so there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure with, with our group. Again, um, we're, we're not dividing, but we're going to be having our Tuesday meeting um, be in person in our Thursday meeting, um, be online. And so we'll still have, you know, that element. And, um, and, you know, because of our location, our online meetings are more diverse <laughs> than our in-face meetings at the moment. Um, and so I think that that's really a, a helpful thing for, for our group as a whole um, to be able to understand, you know, and get some perspective from outside of our area um, that we didn't really get before. I mean, occasionally people would come to town and, and visit and come to our meeting that way. But I think that, uh, that, you know, my recovery has been enhanced by um, other people coming to our meetings and attending other meetings in different areas and, um, and hearing about the different, uh, things that, that people face. I mean, yes, we have the uh, similar emotions and getting um, in recovery and staying sober have a lot of the same components, but some people have a lot more adversity to, you know, getting there than some of us do. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that they're impacted that I wouldn't have thought about. And so, um, so yeah, so this has been good for me in being able to um, take those things into consideration and, um, and think about that and see, you know, how I can, I can do things differently to either, you know, be more helpful or, or just, you know, be more conscious. Angela, we have a caller. Okay. <laughs> this is most calls we've ever had. Hello. Hi, John. That's Bree. I knew it was you. I could recognize the area code. How are you doing, Bree? Good. How are you? I just, uh, you know, I, I traveled around a lot, you know, in Kansas, uh, particularly. I made a lot of AA meetings when I was doing that, uh, you know, my former job. And sometimes you would go, to, especially in the western Kansas and the uh, uh, some of the smaller meetings, you go in there, and then someone would start talking about an outside issue. Say, it's like, well, we need to pray for the truth, something like that, okay? 
And then it, I kind of felt it was like kind of my responsibility is to make sure that the hand of AA was always there for other people to speak up and say, hey, you know, we cannot be, no matter how you feel, we cannot be, you know, included in outside issues, you know, and, you know, stationing, you know, those types of things. So we, it's a slippery slope is what I'm trying to say, you know, about that. But I, I do feel that those of us that have longer time in the program, if you want to call it that, you know, because all we have is 24 hours, but those of us that accumulated more, you need to kind of step up and help the newcomers because sometimes, you know, personalities do take over principles. And if that goes too far in a group, then a group will become very exclusive or elitist. You know, I've seen that happen actually in a couple of groups in uh, Central Kansas. You know, Bree, what's happened? I, you know, from our group, um, you know, when we first started meeting online, you know, the, the topic that was discussed the most was how people felt about COVID and being isolated and all of that, you know, um, but, but, but that wasn't, that's, that wasn't really considered an outside issue, you know? No, no. Yeah. No, I think, because you're, I think something yeah, that, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Bree. Okay, well, I'm done pretty much. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot. It's it's nice hearing sure. nice from you. <laughs> Call what again. Were you going to say Willow? The one thing that I, you know, the one thing that I would implore, you know, anybody listening to this conversation to think about is, you know, if somebody, if somebody does come into a meeting that you're in, and they're talking about something that feels outside. Um, you can tell that they're directly impacted by it and that it's something that's making them struggle with their recovery. Be sensitive about how you handle it, you know. Um, don't just shut them down. If you can find any other way to talk to them about it, um, talk to them after the meeting. Go and find out what they need to make sure that they stay sober through whatever it is that they're going through. Because that is one of my biggest worries right now is that um, – you know, that there are people hitting meetings that are directly impacted by this, the stuff that's going on. They're struggling um, to get through it and they're getting shut down. And it's not that I've seen that happening. I have seen it happen before in regards to our political climate. And I was, I was shocked at how it was handled in the meeting. This person was just cut off and they were just said, that's an outside issue. You need to stop sharing. And, and I couldn't believe that they handled it that way. Um, and we just need to know that, um, you know, yeah, we need to make sure that the meetings stay comfortable for everybody, um, but also just be sensitive. If, if somebody is talking about something that is impacting their ability to stay sober, there's a reason they're coming in and talking about it. Yep. So there was a comment here, and I may have lost it. Um, oh, yeah. And this is cool. I'm so glad that, that you wrote this for the person on Facebook. Uh, thank you for taking this subject on. One of the one of the things I most loved about AA was that politics had no place in the meetings. I haven't attended for a while. Do you think there is more talk about current affairs and meetings today than in past years? That's a good question. Um, I would say I would say it kind of depends. Um, and and someone else answered your question in, in Facebook. It seems to be more after the meeting than during the meeting. But I have seen some meetings um, over the last, you know, three or four years that have been, where people have openly talked about how whatever is going on in the world is impacting them personally. And I never have heard that before. And personally, I think that's because some of what has been happening transcends normal politics. It's not like you're talking about a budget or something. It's like you're talking about, you know, human rights and the basic fundamentals of what makes us a you know a free people i suppose um and i guess that's what makes it so different especially with what we're dealing with now in the world or what we're aware of what we're aware of yeah (laughs) yeah so hard to believe that we're coming up on an hour um wow thank you angela for agreeing to um um uh what 
handle this, <laughs> to take care of this, to, to lead the discussion. I think you did a wonderful job. And thank you, Willow, very much for uh, joining us. Uh, your contribution was uh, very appreciated. And thank you for all the callers. Yeah, wow. sorry for being late. Oh, no, no for problem. Sure. No problem. I think it's cool that you can just get on your phone and um, um, hide from the police and all that. And <laughs> <laughs> and participate. I'm glad you didn't get arrested. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I got to be honest. I'm not really worried. <laughs> there Good. you go. Yeah. Good. There. Sums uh, up the discussion, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was great yep. to have all those people calling. That was amazing. So anyway, I guess that's going to yeah. wrap it up. We're at we're right at an hour. So is this the right Thanks one? Thanks so much to everybody who listened or participated in this. Yes, and thank you. Thanks so much. And that's it. That's another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Thank you for listening. Whoa, we got through this one. It was a good topic. Glad, glad, glad that we had it. Uh, so anyway, we'll be back again uh, next Friday for another live stream. Uh, we do this every Friday at 7 o'clock p.m. Central. And uh, anyway, thank you. Y'all take care. Be well. We'll be back again real soon.